Come on, knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. We've been wanting to tell you all about what we're watching too. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Feels Podcast. It is another episode of What Are You Watching? And, you know, we're back again for our spooky season. And y'all know I love me some horror movies. I love me anything that is fall, seasonal, and uh, just hits you right in the feels. Not pumpkin spice. I'm not a fan of that. What? But uh, I'm not. I'm not Gerald. <laughs> Guys, Gerald Morris from Two Peas on the Podcast and sometimes Apple Teeny Plus is also here. <laughs> sometimes is a very generous sometimes. lead in for that. <laughs> generous, generous thing. Yeah. Uh, but guys, Gerald is here today because I, you know what? I thought of, I need some family friendly, spooky time, spoopy even might might call it uh, movies Mm -hmm. for the kids and some good recommendations for everyone out there. And uh, though I don't have children of my own that I that I know of, uh, I was like, (laughs) I need (laughs) I need a parent's insight. So I was like, man, who who has who has the spawn? Mm. Gerald has the spawn. (laughs) Yeah, too many spawns. Well, Drew, too many. (laughs) Drew, thanks for having me, man. Me and you go way back. You know, I love you. And. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here, and anytime I get a chance to talk about horror, because my current host, Nick, who you also know very well, is not a big horror guy like you and I are, so... What do you talk? I mean, Nick's only seen four movies, and they're all horror, aren't they? He loves that joke. He loves that joke. It's so much. He's going to be so excited to hear you say that. But (laughs) anyway, yeah, so we don't talk a lot about horror over on the P's. We're going to do a couple movies this month, like the new Exorcist and the new Saw X. But generally Mm -hmm. speaking, we don't really dive into it too much. So I'm excited to talk about it with you. But not only that, this is um, actually kind of a subgenre, like I guess family-friendly horror movies, if you will. Right. That I really, it just really gets my juices flowing because I have young kids. Like my youngest boy just turned four. And then, you know, Logan, he just turned 10. So mm-hmm. it's, you want to find movies as a parent that are like a gateway film, gateway films. Agreed. But don't scare them to where they're not sleeping at night. So it's a very delicate 100%. line to toe there. And I, and I agree. I think that is a great kind of notion to go into it with where it does get the juices flowing. And I think for people, you know, like myself, but also, you know, you, Gerald, like, I mean, you're not that much older than me, mm. but we <laughs> take the compliment, Gerald. Right. Um, but we can also remember back to a time where, like, there were those family friendly Halloween movies that came on, like, you know, you know, Charlie Brown, Peanuts, yeah. you know, the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And we have other things where they were like cartoons and they're still kind of spooky. They give right. that element. But again, you're right. They're not going to scare them where they're going to wet in the bed they're gonna be staying up all night they have to sleep with you and if it can verge into that gateway movie that's just perfect to pique their interest Mm -hmm. and they want more then by all means let's corrupt the children exactly so exactly (laughs) and that's so it it is it is an interesting like i said it's just a delicate balance because you got to be careful mm -hmm. because you know, I'm about to turn 48 years old, so I'm thinking through the mind of the age I am now, but I'm also kind of thinking back to when I was younger. But I look at a movie like the very first horror movie I was ever exposed to, at least that I can remember, was Alien. 
aliens. And you've heard me tell that story before. And I was like, oh, yes. I was like eight. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that's too young to see Alien in the <laughs> 80s at the time. So with YouTube and everything going on, TikTok and all the screens that kids get today, they might not be as scared with some of those kind of throwbacks. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to see where this kind of family-friendly, spooky genre has gone. So I'm excited to talk about a few of these with you. Yeah. And I was thinking not only like our own personal preferences, but for parents out there who obviously you want to look at like every single possibility for every single family mm-hmm. um, economically and if they are on, you know going on vacation or anything like that. So part of mine are coming from Tubi. So mm-hmm. it's it's free. It's available Tubi actually has like a kid's section, much like Netflix. Mm-hmm. So there's still the ability to get there. And uh, and also some personal uh, because I, too, was like, mm, what is what is the gateway horror movie right. for <laughs> for kids? Right. Uh, one of the first things that I saw on Tubi for free was uh, 2012's Paranorman, which I think is mm-hmm. criminally underrated. Yeah, that was great. So good. Yeah. And actually, it's. I, so, I think it's so I was going to mention it if you didn't. And it's so funny that you mentioned <laughs> that one because I was talking about my four-year-old. And he just saw it for the first time a couple weeks ago, and he won't stop watching it. He loves it. Oh, he nice. loves it. And I love how Paranorman incorporates like those kind of like old zombie movie throwbacks, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the whole opening sequence and opening like title cards is like shot like an old 70s kind of like George Romero type zombie aesthetic. So I really like, and there's the Halloween theme on his ringtone in that one scene when his buddy's out in the sheets and the laundry. Yes. So, so there's a lot of really cool callbacks for us, but there's a lot of kind of um, like things that are kind of synonymous with the spooky season in that movie that young kids will recognize, like zombies and pumpkins and the witches that are in that town because it's you know where there were witchcraft trials and stuff, and like all right. that stuff's kind of reminiscent of the Halloween season. Even though even though you might be too young to really know how the, all the pieces kind of connect, but I, it's exactly. so funny that you mentioned that because I just introduced that to my youngest one and he loved it. It's so I mean, it not only has like incredible animation that is so distinct to itself because it it's still clearly CGI, but also still clearly claymation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Coraline, very much claymation, and it's smooth and it's. It's so perfect, but Paranorman, it just has its own little aesthetics unto itself. And I love that it's not just like the spooky story, but it has literal heart to it Mm -hmm. because it's 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 Norman and his family. It's Norman and his grandma. Right. And I and I do love these. I don't know. It's one of those things where much like, you know, insidious red door. It has it has a nice heartwarming ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you so can so. kind of you, you you can kind of pin a rose on it. Yeah, it's a nice adventure. A lot of great like action scenes, awesome stop motion animation. Lakia Studios is known for that. I mean, every movie they do is just phenomenal to look at. It's fascinating how many years it takes for these animators and these creators to come up with these movies. And you know, I I think people again underestimate exactly like, oh yeah, no, we've been working on this movie for you know seven years. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I know, right? But, you know, Paranorman, or Norman, I should say, in the movie, is interesting, too, because he's like 
kind of what we're talking about. He's like maybe maybe 10 or 11 in the movie, roughly, like around that age. Yeah. And he's kind of like a horror nerd, which, mm-hmm. is first of all, is awesome. But you don't really see a lot of people in that 10 to 12-year-old bracket, you know, like fitting into that mold in movies. And we're sitting here talking about what movies we would pitch to, you know, kids that age and even younger. <coughs> and he's kind of that person. And you can kind of see how he's innocent and like trying to fit in, but he's kind of okay with being a loner. And I don't know. It's a very touching, he's a very touching character. And it's very easy to be on his side and kind of follow along with the adventure. So I love that mention. I'll, uh, I'll see your animation and I'm going to do another animated one. <laughs> All right. Another stop motion too, but it does have a lot of digital effects in it as well. But it's Monster House from 2006. Oh, uh, Monster House. I didn't like it first. Mm, okay. I really didn't. I really didn't. And then I, I gave it like another full try and it immediately encapsulated me. And I was I was 100 percent on board. Yeah. The, the animation, you know, like this is 2006. So this is back like in kind of the Polar Express days. So it's kind of weird, think, you know, I think that's why I think that's why I didn't like it. And that's actually the main reason why I refuse to watch Polar Express anymore. Because oh, wow. the animation, the a- animation is a weird thing with me. If I do not like the animation, I won't watch the film. You can't connect to it. If, if I, I can't, can't get I, past I, it. I just can't. I I can't do it. It's kind of like um like Batman Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Like I've watched like two episodes and they were funny, but I I can't get around like blocky Batman. Mm. <laughs> Understood. Monster House is cool. It's um. It's going to give kids a, a lighthearted kind of story about the haunted house, right? And then this one, you were talking about Heart with Paranorman. This one also has like an underlying story that we find out in the last act of the film. of what the, With a twist. Yeah, twist, really. Yeah. And I, won't, I won't spoil it for your listeners, but basically there's a connection with the actual house and if you the soul of the house, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and why it's haunted and why it's haunting people that come inside of it and that kind of thing. So... There's a really cool tie in there that's pretty emotional, honestly, with um, it really it really is. It really is. And I mean, and even through the tension of the movie itself and following the characters, I I still love now. I I've seen it a couple of times since I I refuse to watch it. But when she points out, she's like, there's the uvula. Oh, so it's a girl house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just it's so you're cool. Like, what? <laughs> By the way, Monster House is uh, streaming on Hulu, so families could you know get the kids together and watch it. I would say that's safe right. for like that you know twelve and like eight would, to twelve. Kinda. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, what do you got? So next up, it's uh, it's for a Netflix subscription, but it's one that I absolutely loved as a kid, and I I want to say it was also like my first childhood crush. For Christina Ricci, mm. 1996's Casper. Oh, nice. Good one. Really fun I, one. Really lighthearted. It's, it is. It is. Because despite the fact that, like, it's literally, it's discussing death, like, on multi, multiple levels and for multiple people. Like, I don't think you really kind of think about the fact that the dad dies mm-hmm. and then um, I forget the lady who's um, with Eric Idle trying to buy the house right but then she dies and they're you know you have stretch fatso and slim and you got casper like it's it's dealing around the whole thing of death but also i think it's one of those things that we don't necessarily probably associate 
but it came with such a gentle touch for the afterlife where like the ghosts as she asked Casper like well who, what was this and he's like I I don't remember like he forgets himself mm-hmm. and it's such a it's a sad story but it's a nice story and it's kind of lovely and then of course there's the overwhelming sense of magical realism you're like okay well how does this like peewee herman contraption kind of work <laughs> right oh it actually it actually does we we don't have to have it make sense that's fine i can smile and nod yeah and casper's cool because this is one that i think would play really well with like the younger younger kids like five years old mm-hmm. like you know they don't they don't need as much of that kind of sensory overload as some of the older kids like preteens might need today so this is a good, lighthearted, fun, like easy watch that I don't think parents really need to worry about for any age group. It might open up some questions about like, you know, are ghosts real and what happens when you die and that kind of stuff. But I mean, as far as like horror imagery, it's not going to be something that I think is going to really scare kids, I wouldn't say. I think the real concern, Gerald, is that kids are going to start asking for ice cream sundaes for breakfast, like the uh, well, like the ghost did. Well, that already <laughs> happens over here, so I don't need to worry about that. I guess. <laughs> All right. How about a short? How about a Pixar short called Toy Story of Terror? Have you seen this? I have not seen. All right. So I was hoping I could get one in that I could suggest to you because God knows you've seen everything. So you can. I, I try. You can stream. Try. You can stream this on Disney Plus. It's about do it. it's about 25 minutes long, and it follows the gang okay. from Toy Story mm-hmm. uh, later on. So it's Bonnie has the toys now. Uh, without spoiling it, I'll just tell you the simple premise of the movie is it takes place kind of, you get the sense it's around Halloween, and they're on a road trip, and their car breaks down. So Bonnie and her mom and all of, you know, Woody's there, um, Buzz is there, Jesse is there, and then there's some other like kind of new toys that are introduced, and okay. they all end up going to a hotel that's like Bates, <clears throat> kind of modeled after Bates Motel. Sure, yeah. And a lot of spooky stuff happens to the toys because they want to get out and explore, and all this weird stuff kind of starts happening. <laughs> Let's separate, guys. Yeah, and they do a lot of <laughs> horror movie tropes like that, and you find okay. you find out what the actual you know, hauntings, quote unquote, were in the movie. Oh. And uh, no, again, a lot of heart, which Pixar is known for. But this is going to be familiar characters from the Toy Story franchise that every kid is going to have seen at one point or another. So they're going to automatically be comfortable in that group. And it's a real, it has a lot of really cool callbacks for us as horror fans, predominantly from, from like the Hitchcock era and that kind of stuff. And there's uh-huh. they're watching um, they're watching a fake movie on the TV in the hotel room that's modeled after Night of the Living Dead and it's clearly kind of ripping it off and they're watching that and getting scared as they're watching it the toys right so it's really fun it has a lot of great horror Halloween imagery kind of built into it and it's short in and out you know kids okay. kids attention spans need that sometimes sure sure something to get in. You know, in the mood, right before dinner, right before bed. You got to check out. You got to right check it out, bed. too, Drew. I'm curious what you think about it. I was no, I'm. You know what? Toy Story of Terror. Mm-hmm. Here it is, and I am gonna add it. Nice to my Disney. Oh, I see my uh, my niece and nephew have already watched. Oh, there it. you go. So they know. <laughs> they know what's going on. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with something that is. 
still along the lines of animation. We're, we're, we're loving our animation so far. And uh, we're going to go to uh, 2005, and we're going to have uh, Wallace and Gromit and Curse of the Were-Rabbit, this- which I love Wallace and Gromit films. I really do. And much like with Wallace and Gromit, like Chicken Run, still to this day, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And I think just Wallace and Gromit, it just does such a good job. It, I don't know, there's something with British humor where it's just so, it's clever, it's tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, physical comedy, I think, is like even more so over the top to try and like, I wouldn't say compensate for anything. I just, I don't know what the, what the over, uh, what the over the top uh, physical comedy is trying to like really accomplish aside from making us laugh. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so enjoyable to watch. And again, the the quality of the work with the claymation is just fun. And it's something I remember uh, watching my senior year of high school. And it was just a hoot. Yeah, this is one that admittedly I have not seen, but I love oh, I love that style please, of animation. I love please do Gerald. chicken run that you mentioned. I love a lot of other stuff in that kind of universe. But I've never mm-hmm. seen this one. I've heard it come up every Halloween. It comes up by somebody I respect, like mm-hmm. you know, like you're bringing it up now, and I'm sure somebody brought it up last year. And I just made my Halloween playlist too, and I didn't think to put it on there for the 31 <laughs> days. But um, yeah, this is one I need to check out. And I mean, we're sitting here talking about it, but obviously, I could watch it with my kids too, which would be cool. So I need to get on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been doing a lot of animation and a lot of kind of like kid friendly stuff, and this one is okay i think it's (laughs) it's an oldie and it was logan my son who's 10 now it was the first official horror or horror adjacent movie that he saw at least to my knowledge when he was around seven years old and it's Mm -hmm. creature from the black lagoon from 1954 okay i'm gonna throw the old universal monster movies into the mix and that happens to be my favorite of the of the lot it's a little bit later in 1954 Mm -hmm. but it's one of the early early kind of iterations of that classic tale that's (laughs) way overused today of the humans are the real monster the monster is not the monster oh yeah of course we are we don't understand it so we immediately try to you know flesh it out so kill it kill it with fire exactly so it's the first kind of you know version told at least you know from a popular movie studio and this is in 1954 so you know it was during the code and all all that stuff so it's not going to be super scary there's no blood in the movie it's not there's no like overzealous grotesque goriness or anything like that it's just a monster movie with this amphibian monster that lives in the lake and you know he's trying to he he's in love with the woman and he want he's pining for her and you are fearful (laughs) for her so there is like tension and fear throughout the movie but it's beautifully shot it's i think it's well acted and i got the poster up in my living room it's one of my favorite movies of all time and i think it's a very easy like gateway film when you start shifting from animation to like live action you know because it's black and white mm-hmm. it's an oldie and like i said i don't think it's going to scare anybody it's just going to be a story that might sit with you it give you sure. give you stuff to think about but it's not going to scare kids i wouldn't say what do you think okay. of this one 
it's good. It's not something that I think I would have thought of right. as like introducing a child to like universal monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe my brain is too wrapped around the fact that like, oh, it's old. It's black and white. The kids are not going to enjoy right. it. You know what I mean? But I think there's enough there where if they are at an age where it's a maturity level and especially if it's like a creature mm-hmm. kind of thing, rather as opposed to like, you know, chase down the guy who robbed the liquor store. <laughs> All right, sure. Let's go. Let's go after the actual monster. And if it's a monster. It's such a turn on it where normally the monster is supposed to be the scary thing and people flee from it. Mm-hmm. This is now. Let's go get it. Yeah. You know, I thought about. And he hasn't seen these yet either, by the way. But I thought about, like, you know, obviously Dracula, Frankenstein. But I feel like those are scary. Or at least they were when I was a kid. I saw them. Well, let's be let's be very fair. Like, Frankenstein kills a little girl. Right. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's, it's not dark. It's not intentional. Like, he just doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the first friend that he makes. Right, right. <laughs> So I would say, I mean, for me, it's Creature from the Black Lagoon. I introduced it to Logan when he was seven. He dug it, um, you know, and I didn't think, I kind of like what you said. I, you always worry about that. You're like, is it going to keep their interest? Sure. You know, there's not a lot of, there's no color in the movie. There's not like any hip songs or anything. Like, is it going to keep their interest, you know? Right. Uh, and he was into it. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he knew he was watching his first horror movie. You know, it was finally okay. happening for him. <laughs> so it worked and he liked it and it's uh, been one of my favorites for a long time. So, Okay. All right. So something that I thought that would work really well kind of in tangent together, it's not a movie, but it's something that growing up I absolutely loved and it was kind of my true gateway into horror before I actually verged onto actual horror films. Mm-hmm. And it was a little show from the 90s coming down from Canada to Nickelodeon. And it's Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm, okay, yeah. So Are You Afraid of the Dark, if you kind of pair that with uh, Goosebumps episodes, right. which are on Netflix, and Are You Afraid of the Dark is on Paramount+, Plus, I think these things allow for a great degree of spookiness, but... I like how it also sets it up like kids can know this is a story. It's a story being told. And so stories can stop and the spooky is gone or, you know, theoretically, it's gone. But it can still linger. It can still last. And the impact and I think inspiration that like Are You Afraid of the Dark brought to a lot of things, much like It Follows. There's a clear episode from Are You Afraid of the Dark where it involves a creature that goes into the water and chases someone down in the water. And much like in It Follows, we have that one scene where they can't see it. So they have to try and like keep throwing stuff at mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. in the pool. And it's such a fun show. I find it so memorable. There's creatures and monsters from it that are so iconic. And it's just something that I think is it's a good stepping stone. Yeah. And I think it's a, I think it's a good stepping stone for like mature kids. I don't know if I'd show obviously not like a seven year old, uh, like maybe but 11, 12 I, or plus. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think maybe 10 with some tamer episodes. Um, but definitely, yeah, 10 to 12. It's it's a great way to get kids into spookiness without 
I think genuinely scaring them too much. Yeah, I was more of a Goosebumps kid, but I did I did watch this, and I this always kind of appealed to me as kind of like a Tales from the Crypt for kids. It's kind of like what I think of it. Which as. they had the Tales from the Tales from the Crypt cartoon. Right, 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 right. Yes, they do. So I, I like I like it, and I like how it kind of from the outset it's made for that demographic. So it knows who its target audience is. So if you're in that right age bracket, like what we're saying, 10, 11, 12 years old, it's literally made for you. So unless your parents just don't want you to see it, you're going to be okay with it. Sure. So uh, I, yeah. I love it. I think I thought we were doing all movies tonight. I would have thrown goosebumps in my, on my list here. But uh, Well, I was trying, you know, the more I was looking at things that were like on Tubi, I was like, okay, there's movies here. But then there's also like some of them, like a good chunk of them in the kids section, they're like super kid movies. Yeah. Like really, really cutesy animation. And I'm thinking like, all right, this let's not go babies. Let's not go infants. This is this is definitely meant for, you know, the uh, the seven, the eight, the tens, the 12 year old kids. Like, what can we get them watching? And some of the stuff I saw were like episodes of. Kind of like how, you, how I how you said, like, you know, Tales from the Crypt, they have the 1993 Tales from the Crypt cartoon on Tubi. Goosebumps was on Netflix when I was looking stuff up. Yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? I know has uh, Paramount has had the license for a while. These things not only kind of struck me as like, okay, they're episodic. You can get more bang for your buck because you know how I love me some anthologies. Sure. You can you can probably watch like three episodes in the in the span of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do a curveball here. So this is not okay. This is not in the realm of horror. Okay. Oh. But I would oh. say it's it's a it's a Disney production, okay? Okay. From the eight right. from the eighties. And I would say that when this was made, they had to know this was gonna creep some kids out. Because <laughs> it creeped me out. And I was like fifteen when I saw this and I was creeped out. But it's okay. essentially what was the sequel fifty years later to the Wizard of Oz, it's returned to Oz. <gasps> From nineteen oh. from nineteen eighty five, oh the Wheelers! Yes, return Wheelers. to Oz, brother. Uh, the Wheelers, Princess oh. Mombi with the headless Princess Mombi. The Hall of the Hall of Heads. Yeah, dude. So Feruza Ball, Gerald. This is this is nightmare fuel. <laughs> this is horrifying. It really shit. is. It's what am I doing to kids? Parents, oh. parents. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing for me though is that if like if you're craving as as a younger person if you're crave and again I'm kind of like what you said with are you afraid of the dark I'm thinking more like twelve ish like you know eleven twelve years old probably oh yeah no yeah you, you'll scar them if they're younger yeah um, but kind of like what you said though is like kids at that age they start kind of craving that material if it's something they're interested in sure and I think this is a good one because like I said it's not horror but. It's going to be familiar story with the Wizard of Oz. Most likely they've seen or they know about Yellow Brick Road, all that sure. stuff. Uh, you know, the, the, the Scarecrow's in here pretty prominently. Obviously, Dorothy's the lead character. Toto's in there. So, I mean, they know all that stuff and all those characters. So, I feel like there would be some comfort there because of that. And then you just have all these, like, creepy characters kind of, like, sprinkled throughout. And a lot of imagery that you look back. I mean, I'm, we're talking about this movie. It came out in 85. It still kind of freaks me out a little bit when I see it. 
like certain as it things. should. Yeah. Yeah, as it should. I mean, I think they were trying to go with this like otherworldly and obvious, you know, fantastical elements with creatures that were not of this world. Like how how would these guys get around? Oh, they're like on stilts, but rollerblades as well. But they they just wheel around and it's creepy. Oof. The lady rotates and changes her head. Yeah. Like, how is this not just so traumatizing? <laughs> I know, right? It's intense, <laughs> to, brother. To a child. And it was Disney that they marketed. I mean, I was I barely remember it when it came out. I mean, I was 10 sure. when this movie came out. I probably saw it when I was like 14 or 15. But And I saw it on VHS, I remember. But I think they marketed it as like a Disney sequel to The Wizard of Oz. So if you take, I mean, it's, I wonder. It's definitely it's yeah, it's definitely a sequel. I know. I'm just wondering, like a parent what at 85, if they had taken their kids <laughs> to see this. Oh, let's go see the sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Like we're off to well, see I, The okay. Wizard, you know, and they go see this, and it's like <laughs> my kid's in therapy for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? I I just wonder how that went down from a marketing perspective. Well, you got to think of the same thing of like certain animated features like 1982's The Secret of Nim. Mm-hmm. Like it's a beautiful animation, but it's so violent and dark or like Watership Down. You're like, this is a children's movie, mm-hmm. but this is bloody as hell. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I Return to Oz. I mean, my four year old has not seen it and I'm not going to show that to him for quite a while. Good. Good, Gerald. But, Good job. But Logan saw it this year. He was nine. And I okay. mean, he does. I mean, he said it was creepy, but he also really liked it. I don't know. He was really like, this was in the 80s because he thought the headless, like, effects right. were really good. And, uh huh. You know, Jack Pumpkinhead he loves. You know, we get Jack Pumpkinhead here, which is a little semi callback to Halloween there because he's a jack o' lantern uh, mm-hmm. as a head. The Army of Oz TikTok is awesome. So, oh. so many great characters and so many great things come out of this movie. But there is some creep, creepy stuff in there for young sure. kids. So just beware. I'm I'm talking like ten plus. It would be my recommendation. That is, man, that's a good recommendation, Gerald. All right, that's a good one. I like that. All right. Uh, so as as another kind of gateway, I'm also going to go back to the '80s. And this is one where if they can appreciate good creatures and again, understand that like everything can be kind of wrapped up at the end and, and you know, everything's going to prevail. Uh, we got to go with 1986 as the gate. Oh, I have that on my list. I wasn't sure if you're going to mention it. Cause that one kind of freaked me out too, as a young boy. Well, it's creepy. And I love the fact that like, Oh, there's the creature. Oh, is it falling? Did it scatter into a hundred <laughs> yeah. tiny? creatures? Yeah. <laughs> intense i it's it's good i want yeah, and I, I think kids can relate to it when's the last time you watched this out of curiosity i re-watched it and the only reason i ask is because i rewatched it a couple years ago and i'm not going to say it didn't hold up because i still love it but it definitely didn't have the same effect on me as it did when i saw it when i was like 13 so i watched it uh two years ago did, in May. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like this movie is seen very differently through the eyes of like a child. I so I remember the last time I watched it, I noticed that the friend, the 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 friend with glasses mm-hmm. was far more annoying than I than I remember. <laughs> like he didn't hold like he didn't hold up as a good character. The sister didn't seem as responsible, obviously, uh, as as I remember her vaguely 
when I watched this for the first time in like it might have been like 96, 98. Mm-hmm. So I might have been like 10 or 12 when I watched this. And. Yeah, I think the animation still sort of holds up. It almost reminds me of the animation that just it it suddenly pops up with the with the claymation creature, kind of like the Hydra and Willow, where like you don't expect it. But this is like the the big boss battle kind of creature. Mm-hmm. The same thing in the gate. Like you have all of these tiny little, you know, little uh, demons running around. You have something else that popped out. But this is this is the boss battle. Right. And that that creature to me, I was not expecting. Right. And it's not like it. I don't it's not like it doesn't hold up because, I mean, it still does. But I think even to this day, it's still kind of like, OK, so what were we going for here is are you just kind of throwing this in because it's coming from the nethers? And we don't have any reference, so we just kind of have to smile and nod. Right, right. This is a movie that I love, and I just remember very fondly. But I remember rewatching it a couple of years ago, and just kind of like, oh, that was cool. But I don't know. It didn't have. I think this is one of those movies you see it the first time, and it has a much different effect on you, especially the younger you are. Sure. Um, and I think sure. that's all I was really saying there. I'm going to stick in the '80s for my next mention. Uh, 1984, Joe Tante's Gremlins can double as a Christmas movie as well uh which is always a plus but you know you're talking about creature effects with the gate i mean this was obviously a bigger production and a higher budget but characters that i feel like have endured like gizmo um even today so this is just a fun story but it it does have Mm -hmm. some it does have some horror imagery in there but it's a fun family film it was rated pg at the time I had a huge crush on Phoebe Cates, let's be honest. Uh, well, I mean, who did? That was my 80s crush without a doubt. <laughs> so anytime I can rewatch this and relive that, I'm into it. But yeah, The Gremlins, uh, I showed this one to Logan as well last year, and he also really enjoyed it. We watched it around Christmas time, actually. Um, oh, nice. And it was, a, it was a great watch for him. But, you know, don't, don't feed him after midnight. The whole thing, I mean, the whole lore is just really cool. And it's just such a good script. And the scene in the bar is like, just to die for. I mean, one of the all-time greats. And, uh, yeah, I love this movie, man. So, Gremlins, I think, is safe uh, for kids as well. It's not... I don't think you can watch it for free right now, though. Uh, I, th- I don't believe I think so. you can only rent it if you don't own it. But, yeah, that's that's a, that's a one of my picks. You, you're a fan of this one? Okay. Oh, yeah. I love I love this movie. I think it's great. It's, it's one of those... To me, it, it is a... It is a uh, a wintertime uh, necessity to kind of add it in the rotation for December. Um, I actually, I just had this conversation today. Kids were asking like, now is it, is it a, is it a horror movie or is it a Christmas movie? And I was like, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And they're like, well, uh, wait, but I don't understand. Like, like horror or Christmas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, I remember I, I subbed a, a special ed class one one morning and uh, they were in there and they were having their holiday party, Gerald, and they were they were making pancakes and what's on the TV but gremlins. <laughs> so they were they were watching gremlins and there's this kid. I, I came in and there and, the, and I sat down and the kid turned around. And he was like, oh, teachers here, teachers here. And he ran over. And he's like, teacher, teacher. You can't feed them after midnight. And I'm like, okay, all right. He's like, and if they get wet, you're messed up. 
<laughs> and I was like, this guy's got it down. He knows everything. I love that. I love that. <laughs> it was so great because he was so he was just so excited, like the pure joy on this kid's face. Yeah, that's awesome. That's... <laughs> to, to try and inform me. He's like, you, you can't do it, teacher. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I love that. It's just an endearing story. Uh, it's an endearing story. I love it. I love revisiting it all the time. It's one of my favorites. I love the sequel too. So, uh, so one one movie that I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up my list with this, and it's something that I remember on Netflix that genuinely I found kind of eerie, but also is one of those movies that I was like, ooh, this could be neat, but it also gives you that sense of feeling just entrapped with the kids in the story. And it was 2021's Nightbook. Hmm. I don't know this one. So like, or Nightbooks, sorry. So like kids are, they're almost like kidnapped Hmm. by a witch. And the witch has this desire to be told stories every time that she returns to her house. And heaven forbid if the children try to escape because one will be punished or they'll be killed. Hmm. So they're so they're kept there under this like this dome of fear and they constantly have to be telling her these new stories. And it's kind of weird because like the new kid is asking the older girl like how long have you been here and she's like I'm not sure. Like she doesn't remember the last time that she had been out or when she had originally gotten there. And so then the question is like well how are you staying young? Are you really this young? Is this part of like the magic? Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a really kind of creepy story. And I would definitely say it's it's more so for the 12 year old age. It's getting older. Um, It's not as cute, obviously, as Gremlins. It's not as uh, you can kind of just smile and nod at the claymation aspects of the gate. Mm -hmm. Uh, This has a genuine creep factor to it. Oh, wow. And uh, I I, I actually I very much uh, appreciate it. I need to check this one out. Then it's another one, a blind spot for me. So I have to check that one out. Well, I'll wrap up my list with an all-time banger, dude. Now. Banger. Bangerang. I will preface it by saying family-friendly, yes. <laughs> he said with hesitation? <laughs> but again, I'm thinking like 11, 12 years old plus. Sure. My son has seen it, but I'm a weirdo, so he saw it when he was like eight, which I, mm-hmm. you know was okay for him, but not every family might not have the same scenario. But I got to throw in... 1988's Beetlejuice from Tim Burton. Uh, I thought about Beetlejuice. I was like, man, do I put this in? I should put this in. And then immediately in my my brain, I heard nice fucking model. I know. I know. There's, and that's and that's the only that's the only well, thing that really deterred me. Yeah, honestly. there's some that's the, there's that's some the, uh, there's some iffy stuff that you wish you could close their ears in a couple scenes and. Michael Keaton's hitting on Christina Re- or uh, Winona Ryder, who's like you know <laughs> twelve or whatever in the movie, which is yeah. kind of weird. Oh. You know? She's not twelve. She's like what is she like? She's, she's in high school, like, I think, but still, it's yeah, she's weird. like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. He's sure. trying to marry her, which is not cool. But I mean, yeah. you know, it's got that Tim Burton aesthetic. Michael Keaton gives an all-time performance. It's dealing with one hundred percent. It's dealing with the afterlife and ghosts and kind of haunted house as well is built in there. There's some really cool practical effects that are that are pretty intense from from a child's viewpoint. So that's why I said make sure the kids are a little bit older. 
But I think this just takes that kind of haunted house ghost story and just makes it a lot of fun, uh, predominantly based on Michael Keaton. I mean, he really gives uh, a turn as Beetlejuice that's just unforgettable. You know, one of my oh, favorite of performances course. of his. So I wanted to kind of throw that into the mix for uh, family movie night too. No, I think that is. I think that's a great, a great pick, and I think it's a great way to kind of cap this off. Nice. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, Gerald, I uh, I understand you have a podcast. Where can people uh, find you? I do. Two Peas on a Podcast has uh, gone through a little bit of a remodel as of late, so we're just reviewing usually current films, and then we'll sometimes we'll switch it up and we'll do picks from the patrons and that kind of stuff. But me and my buddy Nick do that over on Two Peas on a podcast. We are the Two Peas. So you can find us anywhere you find podcasts at two P's and it's just TWO spelled out. And you can also follow us over there on Twitter at two P's on a pod. And guys, be sure to look up two P's on a podcast up on YouTube. You can, uh, like myself at this moment, you can stare and just be in awe of the beauty that is Gerald, Mm. uh, that, that luscious beard, Yes. Those those haunting eyes. Yes, I'm growing it. I'm growing uh, the beard out for you. <laughs> I'm doing it just for you. He'll be he'll be giving you Oscar predictions yeah. and anything over else on two peas on a pod. Gerald Gerald's getting to be a really fancy YouTuber guy. Yeah, thanks for mentioning. Honestly. Thanks for mentioning that. I, I failed to, but yes, I do all kinds of stuff on my YouTube channel, kind of separate from the podcast, although you can find the podcast there as well. So yeah, yeah. YouTube. And uh Every year, you can also be getting on there, guys, and uh, joining in for the Golden Peas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gerald puts on his own Oscar-style That's right. uh, show. That's right. It's, uh, it's a hoot. And uh, spoiler alert, I want Drew to be a part of it this year. So <gasps> Drew doesn't even know that yet, but he's probably going to be presenting an award this year, I hope, as long as schedules match I up. I would love to. So, I need to watch I need to watch more. You need to watch 100 like movies between now and the end of the year. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then I'm fine. Yeah, you're then good. I, I'm yeah, good that's to go. All you need. <laughs> I just need to watch more current movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, maybe it'll be like Best Horror or something, which you probably would have seen a lot of those. So, well, I don't know. We'll you try. don't do a ton We're... of current horror at the time it comes out, though. I've noticed you yeah, kind of come to I it usually, later. I usually wait. Although I don't know, G. There are so many good things happening with horror right now, yeah. and this is this is this is our time. Yeah, man. It's this is this is our renaissance. I mean, honestly, last year, 2022 was one of the best years I can remember in recent memory. I mean, there were so many. It was like every horror movie that came out in 2022, <laughs> like 85 percent of them were like really good. Right. And I was like, and now oh we're now God. we're getting more. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like just just out right now, like Exorcist is out. The Nun 2 is out. Uh, Saw X. Pet Cemetery Blood, Bloodlines is coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, what's that? Uh, what's the John Carpenter? Did you know about this? By the way, there's like a John Carpenter. Oh, the T, the TV show. Yeah, um, I just Amer- found out about Ameri- it. No, it's um, it's like on Peacock sub- or something like that. Oh God, what the hell is it called? Like California Scream, Suburban Suburban Scream, Suburban Scream. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I was like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't even know about it. Somebody, one of my friends he, at work, told me about it. He kept that. He kept that under the under the rug. He really did. Yeah, for so long because I only remember seeing a trailer for it probably about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just found out about it like literally a couple days ago and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to check that out too. But yeah, you're, you're right, man. It's a Renaissance. It's a great mm. time to be a horror fan, but uh, yeah. Thanks for the mention, man. You guys can find me anywhere. You find two peas on a podcast. Mm. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gerald. And guys, if you want to uh, hit up the Real Fills podcast, make sure to catch us on really any podcatcher out there. Just search for the Real Fills podcast. We are up on socials on Facebook and Instagram. Search for the Real Fills podcast on Twitter or X. We are at Real Fills pod. And uh, you can always call the Tooch line 661-376-0030. Go ahead, leave a voicemail. Maybe tell us your favorite family-friendly horror films and Halloween uh, videos that uh, we can also recommend to everybody else. So, guys, thank you for joining us. We hope that you are all well, staying all hip and with it out there. Well, guys, until next time, you're the realist. And you're the feelist. Ah, he did it. Is that Good right? job, Joe. Okay, okay.